Welcome to Thinks Out Loud, internet marketing expertise your business needs. I'm Tim Peter. Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome back to Thinks Out Loud, your source for all the digital marketing expertise your business needs. My name is Tim Peter. This is episode 336 of The Big Show, and thank you so much for tuning in. I think we have a really cool show for you, actually. We've kicked off 2022 uh, here in the office, here, you know, on the show, etc., talking a lot about the trends that are going to matter to you. You know, we started by talking about, you know, the trends that don't matter. And then we dove last time into trends that will matter this year. And I thought it was worthwhile to talk about how you as a leader can use the realities to create the kind of company that you want, to create the kind of environment that you want for your customers and for your business more generally. One of my core beliefs, one of the things that I've seen prove true, I talked about this in terms of what I've learned over the last 10 years of being an entrepreneur, is that part of your job as a leader is not to take care of your customers. It's to take care of your employees so that they can take care of your customers. And we are living through massive change. This is not a surprise to anyone who listens to the show or, I don't know, (laughs) you know, listens to anything these days, reads anything these days. We are in a systemic change, probably one of the biggest we've seen in my career. I mean, and, and I don't just mean digital. I mean the world that digital has enabled post-pandemic or as we start to move towards a world where we're living with an endemic COVID situation as opposed to a pandemic COVID situation. I talked before about how you can't go back, you can only go forward. There are a host of trends that we need to recognize and need to talk about. For instance, e-commerce continues to grow and continues to grow off an already large base. MasterCard reported that for the holiday season, this past holiday season, e-commerce grew 11%. Now, remember, that number is on top of the single biggest growth year in decades, right? 2020 was massive, massive growth, and 2021 added another 11% on top of that. That's huge. Remember that we're seeing this enormous shift from to work from home, and it is almost certain that that is going to remain to some degree, and I'll... I'll explain why that is in just a moment. But that has huge implications for other businesses. If your business depends on people working in their offices, you're probably struggling right now, as is the case for lots of businesses that depend on that. There's been a big shift in business travel. There's been a big shift in restaurants. There's been a big shift in other suppliers to to, uh, folks who work in offices. You know, think dry cleaners and the like. We also know that we're in the middle of what people call the Great Resignation. And I'm going to talk about that in a little more detail. But clearly, 
that's driven by the fact that your employees see a different reality now. And there are two types of leaders as we talk about this. There are legacy leaders and there are future leaders. Legacy leaders make all kinds of mistakes. You know, it's almost like, do you remember Highlights Magazine when you were a kid? You know, there's Goofus and Gallant here, right? You know, the legacy leaders assume that there will be a return to normal, that things will go back to what they were. They complain about employees, you know, taking power in this situation. They ignore the realities on the ground. You know, when I talk about them complaining about employees, there was a great CNBC article, great in the sense of insightful and really gave, you know, a clear picture into how people are thinking about this that may not be accurate, that they said employees are missing out on a lot of opportunities because of work from home. Now, that may be somewhat true, but I think it's awfully interesting how many of these same leaders have done little, have avoided investing in ways to make remote work more effective and also claim that it's not effective. <laughs> you know, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I want to be fair. I think that both remote and face-to-face -face have their advantages. I don't think it's one or the other. I do think that companies need to embrace opportunities for both remote and face-to-face -face work to work. The data strongly suggests that the winners in the next decade are doing that, are working toward that. You know, I, I do think the basic insight is correct and that in-person interactions help young employees learn and grow. It's also incumbent on businesses and leaders and, yeah, to some degree, employees to find alternatives that work for remote team members. You know, Ethan Mullock on Twitter uh, sent data around um, how the work-from-home optimist case is showing signs of coming true. We seem to be learning how to do it better. The efficiency at working from home is steadily improving, and he links to a survey that shows this. Uh, Tim Minahan on Medium detailed a new study that showed 13,000-plus knowledge workers say that nearly 90% of employees expect to continue a more flexible work model in the year ahead. These are folks who have come to embrace this reality. And when we talk about things like the Great Resignation, the Great Resignation isn't a resignation. Uh, there was data that Max Sawicki pointed out that shows people who are resigning, the number of people who are being hired, rather, uh, outpaces the number of people who have quit. So these folks who are resigning, they're not resigning and leaving the workforce. They're just resigning from companies that won't let them work in a way that they feel most valued and most effective. They're finding new jobs. And legacy leaders are finding themselves saying, what are we doing here? What's going wrong? Now, I mentioned the ignoring the realities on the ground. There's a lot of data that shows how much we've changed. Um, business travel has cratered. Uh, there's a new study for uh, AHL, from HHLA, the American Hospitality and Lodging Association, and from Accenture 
that said business travel is down more than 20%. They expect business travel to be down more than 20% for much of this year. They expect only 58% of meetings and events are expected to return. I monitor for my travel clients the TSA data that shows throughput, and there is a 25% reduction in throughput from 2020. By the way, we know this is mostly business travelers because a Gallup poll showed that fewer Americans traveled by air in 2021 than in any year Gallup records between 2003 and 2015, largely because of reduced travel by employed adults. And we can see it in data from hotels that, you know, it's sort of a tale of two recoveries. Business hotels, you know, big city center hotels with lots of meeting space are hurting Hotels that focus on leisure guests are actually doing basically fine. There are some geographic variations here. There are some regional differences. So it's not one-to-one, but it's pretty close. It's, it's close. You know, we're seeing this reality across the board. And despite work from home and despite the decline in business travel, we're seeing companies achieve record profits. So maybe having all those people in the office wasn't necessary. Maybe having all that travel wasn't necessary. I'm not saying it's all going away forever. I'm saying it's not all coming back. Remember what we talked about uh, last week, or you may have remember what I talked about last week, that, you know, a 5% shift in the U.S. economy is a trillion dollars, that's an enormous, enormous difference. Uh, Chris Hurd had a tremendous, tremendous thread. Chris Hurd runs a business that helps businesses figure out how to work from home. And he had a great Twitter thread that went through lots of the things that companies should be doing. And he pointed to all sorts of stats about why this is the new reality all the time. And here's the thing. Even if he's overstating it, even if he's wrong by, you know, half You know, it's still a really big number. 5% shift is a trillion bucks. Huge. Now, future leaders, on the other hand, do all sorts of things that are beneficial for their employees and for their customers and for their business. What do they do? Well, they embrace the change. They recognize here's where we are today. Here's where we're going as we go forward. They're accepting the technological shifts. They're empowering employees to drive those changes. They're creating opportunities for employees to learn and grow. Just some examples, you know, when we talk about accepting technological shifts, Joe Martin on Twitter asked his followers what technology has the best chance of future success. You know, just ran a quick little Twitter poll, gave you four choices, AI, uh, blockchain, quantum computing, or the metaverse. More than half said AI. Now, Full disclosure, I voted for AI, I'm not going to lie, but those were very much in line with my predictions for 2022. Part of that is this situation where the future is already here, it's just not evenly distributed. People are already using AI functionally and effectively to drive improvements in their business. You know, the metaverse, despite all the noise we're hearing about it, only got 
8% of the vote. Now, I want to be fair, that actually surprised me. I was stunned that it fell behind quantum computing and blockchain, which are much, much further from being commercial realities. Uh, excuse me, quantum computing is, is much, much further from being a uh, commercial reality than, you know, quote unquote, the metaverse. I actually think part of that is that there's not a clear definition of what the metaverse is. I'm actually kind of bullish on the metaverse in the longer term. But I don't think it's going to be material in 2022, and it may not be material in 2023. The companies who look at these, though, and say, wow, we need to be doing things with AI and machine learning because it's actually beneficial to our business, are doing that, and they're seeing great success from it. When I talk about why future leaders create opportunities for people to learn and grow. There was uh, a piece on VentureBeat that suggests that AI is going to kill jobs. It's a worthwhile read. It's absolutely worthwhile. It also downplays a really fundamental point. Past technologies also have eliminated jobs. But when they did it, they also created new ones. There's actually strong research to back this up. Uh, Robert Durr uh, shared on Twitter, quote, new evidence from France and Germany that suggests, unquote, that automation doesn't displace workers. And there's several links here. I'm going to link to Robert Durr's original tweet so that you can get access to all the data. But basically that as new jobs, as new technologies came in, as automation came in, it actually created more work for people. It actually created new job opportunities. Obviously, the key is which ones AI will be eating and can we help people transition most effectively? You know, it goes without saying, if you're in a job or career that automation eliminates, it's still going to be bad for you on an individual basis if you don't have the skills or the ability to transition into a new job or a new career. That's particularly troubling for more mature members of the workforce. You know, if you're just coming out of college, shifting to a new career is not that big a deal. If you've been in your career for 25 years, that could be a much bigger issue. And we need to do a better job just as a society in figuring out how people can navigate these kinds of transitions more easily. I don't think there's a simple answer here. It's a complicated problem. It also is true that I really don't see jobs going away. I just see them shifting. And the data seems to suggest that's the case. Now, if you think I'm crazy, if you're like, Tim, you're out of your mind. This is not how it's going to go down. I want you to ask yourself a question. Do you see AgFam, you know, Apple, Google, Facebook, Amazon, Microsoft, pretending that this isn't the case? They're leaning in here. They're embracing these realities. And I think you need to ask yourself, why do you think that is? Why are they going in this direction? And I think it's because they kind of see the writing on the wall. I, I, and uh, let's be fair, they see it way better than I do. I mean, I'm trying to learn from them, frankly, not trying to teach them. 
but they see that this is the world we live in. That's why they are leading us into the future. Say what you want about them, and there's pros and cons, but they're certainly not ignoring the direction we're heading. So what can you do about it? You know, what do you do if you want to be a future leader? And I think we have to think about this a bunch of different ways. You know, first, you have to embrace the technology. You have to say, how can we use AI? How can we use machine learning to improve our customers' experience and to enable our employees to provide a better job to our customers? How can we empower our team? How can you help your team learn how to do this more effectively? How can you use digital more broadly to do a great job for your customers? You know, we've talked before about how the modern marketing team is a media company and that content is king. Is your content telling the right story about your brand and business? Is more to the point, is your content doing its job as your 24 by 7 by 365 salesperson? Is it doing its job as your 24 by 7 by 365 customer service rep? Because if it isn't, you have to think about how you can help it do that or how you can let it do that or how you can get your team to have it do that so that you can create great experiences for your customers. Uh, I talk about this a lot, so there's a ton of links in the show notes about more about this, but I'll give you a simple one right now. I wrote a piece uh, I'll couple years ago about how digital helps you answer your guest questions post-COVID for the hospitality industry. All of those same questions still apply regardless of whether or not you're outside. You know, look to partner with other content creators who have built an audience. It can be a huge, huge plus for you. Remember that you compete, by the way. Another thing you can do is remember that you compete with the entire internet. Your customers compare you to the best experiences they have everywhere. That's why customer experience is queen. Can your customers engage with your business where and when they want? So that's what we have to think about. Think about how you can embrace the technology. Think about how you can empower your team. Think about how you can use content and use customer experience to create the kinds of customer experiences your customers expect and empower your team to deliver that so that your customers come back to you again and again and again. And of course, the last thing you can do, and it's the thing I try to do all the time with hopefully, you know, hopefully success, is keep learning. This is incredible change. It's something that we're going to be dealing with for a while. We have to ask ourselves, how do we continually improve? Because fundamentally, the biggest difference between a legacy leader and a future leader is that future leaders keep learning. They keep growing. They keep questioning. They keep challenging. That's what you need to do to get your business where you want it to go. To that end, challenge me. If you think I'm way off base here, tell me about it. I'd love to hear from you because I'd love to think about this even more deeply. We are out of time for this week, but I really do want to hear what you say. You know, I want to remind you, you can find the show notes for this episode and an archive of all of our past episodes at timpeter.com slash podcast. Again, that's timpeter.com slash podcast. Just look for episode 336. 
You can click on the subscribe link in any of the episodes you find at timpeter.com slash podcast to have Things Out Loud delivered to your favorite podcatcher every single week. You can also find Things Out Loud on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, Overcast, wherever fine podcasts are found. I'd also very much appreciate it if you could provide a positive or rating or review for the show on your favorite podcatcher. It helps other listeners uh, learn about us. It helps them find us. It helps them understand what the show is about. And it means so much to me personally. I very much would appreciate it. If you think I'm nuts, if you want to get into an argument with me or a debate about this, I'm happy to do that. Find us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash Associates. Find us on LinkedIn by going to linkedin.com slash Associates. Find me on Twitter using the Twitter handle at TCPeter or send me an email to podcast at timpeter.com. Again, that's podcast at timpeter.com. Before I go, I need to thank our sponsor. Things Out Loud is brought to you by Solo Segment. Solo Segment offers an amazing suite of search tools that provide search as a service for large enterprise businesses. They focus on business results, not search results, with easy automated tools that help customers find the content that matters to them and helps drive business goals for you. They do this all while protecting consumer privacy and improving your business results. You can learn more about Solo Segment and all the amazing work that they do by going to solosegment.com. Again, that's solosegment.com. Finally, I do want to say once again how much I appreciate you tuning into the show every single week. I would not do this show without you. It means so very much to me that you tune in and listen. So thank you very, very much for doing so. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week. I hope you have a great weekend. And I'll look forward to speaking with you here on Things Out Loud again next time. Until then, please be well, be safe. And especially with all that's going on in the world right now, please take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.